Okay, let's talk about candles for a minute. Do you know that almost 2 billion candles are sold globally each year and almost all of them are likely to end up in landfills for the next 1 million years? It's insane. That's why I think it's really cool that Notes candles exist. They're working to eliminate single-use candle vessels and give home fragrance lovers a more earth-friendly option. Notes has created a refillable candle system that allows you to use your candle vessel over and over again. It is super easy. The candles are made with fragranced wax beads, so all you do is place the wick in your reusable notes jar and fill it up with the wax beads and enjoy your fragrance for up to 36 hours. The Santal and Atlas Cedar scent is like this woodsy calming smell. It's so nice. And they have oat milk and balsam berry, vanilla and pepperwood, pistachio and rose water, and a total of 13 really great options to choose from. Be a responsible consumer while not giving up high quality home fragrance by making the switch to notes. You can build your custom starter kit right now at notescandle.com slash that sounds fun. Right now, notes is giving our friends 15% off and free shipping when you buy a notes starter kit using the code that sounds fun. Just use that code that sounds fun when you're placing your order. That's that sounds fun at notescandle.com slash that sounds fun. Hey friends, welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs. I'm really happy to be here with you today. We've got a great show in store, really special episode. And y'all, tomorrow is the day. You'll hear us talk about it in today's conversation. But 100 Days to Brave for Kids releases tomorrow. Ugh, I've loved every minute of getting braver with you grown-ups over the past few years, and I cannot wait for the kids to get in on it with us. We're going to start this journey as a group all together on February 17th. That's in 10 days. And then we'll finish the 100 days right before Memorial Day. So pull out your copy of 100 Days to Brave off your shelf or buy one anywhere you love to buy books and order a copy of 100 Days to Brave for kids so you and your kids and a bunch of our friends can start finding bravery in our everyday lives together. I'll be posting the first five days on my Insta story starting on February 17th while your books are all making their way to you. And then we'll email you every 10 days and help you stick with it. It's really, really fun. You've heard me say this. The secret sauce of 100 Days to Brave is finishing it. And finishing is all the sweeter when we get there together. So sign up and be a part of this group. Just go to the 100 Days to Brave 2022 link in the show notes and claim your spot. I hope you and the kids in your life will join us as well. So go ahead and get your copy for the kids in your lives, the small group you lead at church, maybe all the Girl Scouts or the Boy Scouts or the kids in your classroom, any mini BFF that you love, you can put this one in their hands. 100 Days to Brave for kids available tomorrow. But before we dive into today's conversation, I want to take a moment, share about one of our incredible partners, Athletic Greens. I started taking Athletic Greens because I was hearing people everywhere, including in our office, talking about it. I wanted to see what all the hype was about. Y'all know me. I want to know about that hype. I'm in for products that make it easier and more convenient to take good care of my health. And I love getting to share them with you guys. Here's what I learned about Athletic Greens. One delicious scoop of Athletic Greens contains 75 high quality and easily absorbed vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens that help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, and your immune system. And that's not all. Is AG1 going to improve your energy level? Yes, it is. The quality of your sleep? Yes, it is. Your mental clarity and alertness? That too. It's the one thing with all the best things. 
I like to use it in a cold glass of water in the morning as part of my daily startup routine. No additional supplements necessary, and I really appreciate how that simplifies a busy morning. Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews, so I'm not the only one who likes it. And it comes highly recommended by professional athletes, like me, obviously. It may come as a shock to you that I'm only a semi-amateur athlete, but Athletic Greens has my recommendation. And they're a climate-neutral certified company, which you know I love. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the flu and cold season. It's just one scoop in a cold cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash sounds fun. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash sounds fun to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Today on the show, I'm joined by Sissy Goff and David Thomas. They are the hosts of the Raising Boys and Girls podcast, and they are two of the most amazing staff of counselors at Daystar Counseling Ministries. Sissy is the Director of Child and Adolescent Counseling, and David is the Director of Family Counseling. Between the two of them, they've written a bajillion books that serve as incredible resources for families. I'm so grateful they're here to lend their voice and expertise to us as we celebrate the release of a 100 Days to Brave for Kids, and talk about what it looks like to pursue courage as grown-ups in the increasingly anxious lives of the kids around us. Also, I am on their podcast, Raising Boys and Girls, tomorrow. So this is kind of a part one and a part two. They are dear and wise and have such well-researched and experienced wisdom to offer us. So here is the first part of my conversation with Sissy Goff and David Thomas. Sissy Goff, David Thomas, how dare I be lucky enough to have you on That Sounds Fun? How dare we be lucky enough to be on here with you? We're so excited. Y'all are just the best. I I was just saying to you, for our friends listening, on February 8th, I get to be on the Raising Boys and Girls podcast. Which Which was our win. (laughs) I don't know about that. Wise. We're flipped. So there's a part one and a part two to this. So they can go in here, part two on February 8th. I'll make sure everybody knows. But- Will y'all tell a little bit about Daystar here in Nashville so that our friends listening globally can get an idea of what Daystar is? So we are, well, one little boy called it the little yellow house that helps people. And so we both are counselors at Daystar Counseling Ministries, where I have been counseling predominantly girls and families since 93, and David has boys and families since 97. We were six years old when we started. (laughs) We were. It's a lot of years of doing this work. And we see kids individually in groups, and we have little summer retreat programs, too. And we have— Oh, my gosh. It is not a little summer retreat program, by the way. It's a a cool thing to get to be a part of. And we have 2,000 families, I think, currently that are coming to Daystar. Oh, my gosh. 13 human therapists and five docs. Y'all have 2,000 families you're serving right now? We do. Do you have an idea of how many have come through? No. That's a great question. That's a great question. We've been around for 30 plus years. 85 was when Melissa started Daystar. Yeah. Wow. I mean, hundreds of thousands of kids would have to be the guests. I said this on your show, but I I really mean it. Like, our town is different because of Daystar. Mm. I don't know a kid who has a moment or a problem or a situation where a parent thinks, I wish I had professional help that they don't come here. Mm-hmm. I know there are probably other kid counselors in yes, town, but great everyone ones. comes to Daystar. What happens when you see a kid from 1995 at the movie theater? 
Do you talk to them or they're grownups now? You know, our as therapists, we have to wait for people to talk to us first because uh-huh. of confidentiality. But uh, yes, and because Daystar is so different in that it feels, I mean, you, you've been here. So yes. it feels so warm and yeah. engaging. And so I think kids don't feel like, they feel like we're their buddies too, yeah, their yeah. therapists and their buddies. And so I feel like most of the time we have kids approach us and who are so excited to see us, whatever age they are. Yeah. And now, obviously, as old as we are, it's generations of them. Well, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, that ages us because one of the things we do in addition to working with kids is we offer what we call parent consultations where parents come in without kids and just want to ask yeah. some questions like, yeah. does this sound normal? What would you recommend in response to this? And we're officially old enough that we're now doing parent consultations with parents yeah. who were kids that we saw. And to it's wild. sit across the room, this happened to me last week, from this kid that I love who's a dad now, an amazing dad, and to think, I can picture you as a sixth grade boy. I can. And and to have known your story and seeing you live into your story in this way and be the father that you are right now, like it's, it's beautiful to have the privilege to watch that, the progression of all those things. Why did you give your life to this? You know, it's interesting. I think I'll answer for me, then you answer for you. I think in some ways I may have kind of always known that I was going to do something like this, but detoured away from it in different chapters of my story. But I can remember as a kid, you know, uh, being really comfortable, strangely comfortable as a boy when friends would tell me hard things that were going on in their lives mm-hmm. and it didn't make me want to exit the conversation or run away. And I yeah. can remember in college, I was a counselor at a camp for elementary age kids and my colleagues kept coming to find me when they had a homesick kid who just could not stop crying and, yeah. or kids who, you know, were le- away from home for the first time and their parents had separated or divorced. And it just felt really natural to be with those kids in that space. So I think I always knew I wanted to work with kids in some capacity. I tried to be a pediatrician and then the whole math science thing just way got in the way of that. Like, brother, that is not your calling. There's way (laughs) too much chemistry going on there and you do not have skills in that space. And so it, it felt so natural to go this direction. My gosh, you were like, I'll be a healer or a healer. Mm. Like it just, you always knew. I think I have always known. What about you? So I remember sitting in 10th grade English and doing those, I don't even remember what they were called, where you would write five people you might marry, five jobs you might have. Yes, yes. yes. And one of mine was always child psychologist because I didn't know, I mean, we're enough older than you, but when we were growing up in the 80s, nobody was talking about counseling. No, I didn't even know anyone who was in it, heard nothing other than my one source was Marlena on Days of Our Lives. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> was she a counselor or did she go? Yes, she was, I guess she was a child psychologist or maybe just a psychologist in general. Says a lot so about me that I was so watching funny. Days of Our Lives as a kid. But We yes. all were as I, kids listen, in the We, 70s. we right. skipped school to watch this really famous wedding. On oh, it. my Isn't gosh. that funny? Both of us <laughs> have very similar journeys. And so... With Days of Our Lives. Yes, yeah. Days of Our Lives, yes. And I thought about being a pediatrician too, or was for a minute, major, heading that direction. But... Yeah. So I think for me, I just was intrigued with the idea. And I grew up my, there was a kind of a family business that most everybody in our family was in and they were in the hotel industry. Here in Nashville? No, Little Rock, Arkansas. And so my dad was pushing me hard towards hotels and I had to work at the front desk at our hotel a couple of times. And I mean, a couple of summers and I just didn't like it. And something about me knew I wanted to help people and predominantly kids. And, and I think what I have realized as a grown up is that I really 
set out to become who I wish I'd had in my life. You know, I Did wanted, we all do that though? Yeah. Yes. Is that like what we do? Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. That's you were already you were doing it. For. Well, yeah. I mean, I Interviewing think, yourself at six now we right, know. That's part right. Two. Yeah. But I, when I even think about my relationship with kids, mm. the mini BFFs in my life, a lot of times I'm wanting to be for them the grown-up I didn't have. I had great grown-ups. Me too. But I didn't yes. have an Annie. And I think I always kind of wanted this cool, like me, but you know what I mean? like I wanted like a cool non-mom yes. person in my life. And, and I had some close to, but I, I find myself often, I'll hear myself going, oh, I bet that's what you wish someone would have said mm. to you. That's why you're making that invitation to that mm. kid. Or that's why you're making this plan is because that's what you wanted. I wonder mm-hmm. if we all do that. Mm-hmm. Maybe, Maybe so. Yeah. I don't know. Does everybody need to be in counseling? I would say this. I think there really are are two kinds of people in the world. I think there are those who are aware of themselves, like their strengths and struggles, and those who aren't as much. And I think those who are aware probably want to, or even if they don't want to, there's somebody in your life that's moving you in that direction in a way that you need to. Yeah. That is not necessarily because I have all the stuff I need to work through, but just there's opportunity for growth. Yeah. It's just space for yeah. me to be a better version of myself, to figure right. out my blind spots, to live more out of my strengths, less out of my struggles. Right. Yeah. What would you I say? I love that. I agree. Yes. I talk a lot about therapy. I've been seeing my counselor since 2013 pretty regularly. But I also went to counseling. I mean, talking about not knowing, I sucked my thumb a long time. Mm. And my parents sent me to, rightfully so, was kind of like, telling her to quit isn't working. And she's in like elementary school. (laughs) And so that I went to counseling as a mid-elementary school kid and how brilliant of your parents to right? be that in 1987 or something or 89, you know, like I was pretty impressed too. And I always got Cheetos and Yoohoo at the end. Like that was the win is there was Cheetos and Yoohoo at the yes. end. But we That's have awesome. people ask us a lot when I talk about therapy, when do I need it? How do I need it? How do I know if my kids need it? So are there lines in the sand or is it just trust in your gut or how do you know? Well, I think trusting your gut is one of the most important things as a parent you can do, period. And then we have a lot of resources to help with different issues. And our our thinking is always try these things at home at first. And if they don't work, then that's when you have somebody else step in. And there are a million places you can get great resources. So say you feel like, is my child really struggling with depression? What's going on? Or anxiety? And you find five things you can do at home. And if you don't see a difference, I mean... Used to, I probably would have said in three months, but I think in the pandemic, I would say give it a month maybe and try and do some things. Or the other option that I think we're seeing cooler and cooler responses from today is to ask your kids, would you like to talk to somebody? And I feel like often they will say yes. And the ones who say, no, I would never do that, maybe need it too. Maybe you take them in too, but yes. And between y'all, you have a lot of resources that people can read, right? So first of all, there's the Raising Boys and Girls podcast. But then will y'all kind of spill out your list of book titles so that, and we'll link to them all, but I'd like y'all to kind of tell us what are some resources that people can get? David has some new ones that are coming out soon that are available for pre-order, probably, maybe, yes. Yes. I have a new book out coming out called Raising Emotionally Strong Boys. Yes. And a workbook that goes with that for elementary age boys called Strong and Smart. About oh, great. building emotional muscles. So super excited right. about that. 
Brilliant. Okay. And you wrote a book for girls called? Yes. And they kind of go together. I know. I was listening to that. I was like, hold on. Yes. Yes. Raising Worry-Free Girls. Yes. And then one called Braver, Stronger, Smarter for elementary age girls. And then I wrote wrote one for teenagers called Brave, which I texted you and said, how do you feel about me writing a book called Brave? I said, hurry. That's what (laughs) I said. I said, we need it. You're so sweet. And then we have quite a few separately and together. Maybe just raise. How many books have y'all written total? I'm on 12. Oh, my gosh. She's a machine. Yeah. She is just, I don't even know what to say about what her. What are you on? I'm on 10. Right. Oh, I can't, yes, exactly. I can't keep so up funny. with her. Yes. Your I humility is lovely. I can't uh, keep up with her. two books behind her. Right. Right. Wow, y'all. Yeah, so RaisingBoysAndGirls.com has all of them yeah. listed. I yeah. mean, the other one that we would maybe mention is Are My Kids on Track? Mm. Which in it, we outline the four emotional, four social, and four spiritual milestones we feel like all kids need to reach and are reaching to a lesser degree than ever before. Brilliant. So much of what I hope to do through the show, the problem is my listeners are not just in Nashville, right? Yes. Neither are yours, neither are Raising Boys and Girls. And and so I was like, oh, we got to have some other resources besides hurry to the Yellow House <laughs> and, and get, get an appointment with somebody here. So that's great. I, as you know, 100 Days to Brave for Kids is coming out. And one of the reasons We're we- so excited. Yeah, thank yes, you. One of the reasons that I wanted to have you on is anxiety is like, a massive thing right now with kids. Is it louder because kids have language for it? Is it louder because it's worse? Is it louder because in America, we just talk more about emotions than they did in the 1950s or the 1980s? What is it? What is it about anxiety right now? Yes. All of those things. Okay. You want to say lucky for us, we have an anxiety expert with us today. Tell us why it's louder. Well, the only reason you would say that is because girls are twice as likely to deal with it as boys. Really? Yes. Wow. So you see a lot of anxious kids as well. We both spend a lot of time talking about. So I'll jump in and then you say for boys, because I think it's sometimes it looks different different for boys. But I mean, I would say there's. Two different phenomenons going on. One is I do think the rates are exponentially rising. I mean, we were before the pandemic or before the pandemic. Even when we wrote Are My Kids on Track, I wish I knew what year it was. It was 2015, I think. Way to go, David. Yeah, well, yes. So at that point, it was one in eight kids were dealing with anxiety. Okay. When I wrote Raising Worry Free Girls, which was right before the pandemic started, we had jumped to one in four. Wow. And now adolescents are one in three. <gasps> My gosh. Isn't that crazy? One in three. That means yes. most families probably most families. Right. have someone who has really profound anxiety, not a scary night, not a, but profound living with this hum in their life. Yes. And we would, I think both say you're oldest for most families. Really? It's the oldest. Sometimes the birth order flips. I met with a family yesterday that I think the birth order had flipped. For a different reason, but yes. Would you agree with that? Oh, me? absolutely. When I drill down and think about the kids that struggle the most, a lot of firstborns. And the presentation with boys does look different. As we were talking a few minutes ago, boys' anxiety often looks more angry mm-hmm. than worried and fearful, just like depression looks more angry than sad. So it's wow. easy to miss with boys. I sit with a lot of parents who'll say like, I don't think he's anxious. He just is angry just a lot, right? He's mad a lot. And so I once had a, a mom say to me, talking about her son who had some anxiety and depression, she said, it's like he has this low grade chronic irritability. It's like mm-hmm. he wakes up just like, you know, unsettled and like the least of things can kind of set him off. And that's often a cue to me, like there's a possibility there's an undercurrent of some yeah. anxiety or depression there. So it's easy to miss with boys. And and because girls are twice as likely, I think we're 
often thinking more about girls struggling in that space when there certainly are plenty of boys who do. I wonder if uh, this is a pure wonder. I y'all are the experts. I wonder if sometimes when young men, little boys look angry, the thought is something is wrong. They're mad about something or ADHD or they can't yes. sit still or, and it may just be anxiety. Oh, you are so on target. In fact, you know, boys who have a lot of anxiety, like when a lot of worry is occupying their minds, they look in a classroom setting like boys with ADHD. Mm -hmm. They look restless, distracted, under focus, fidgety. And so I've seen plenty of boys who were misdiagnosed with ADHD yes. who really did have some anxiety that if we can clear that out, yes. there's a possibility we'll see the normal amount of boys being kind of restless yes. and fidgety in a classroom, as you know well yes, as a former right. educator, my teacher right? Do you know there was a year where I was working on my master's? I did my master's studying on how to teach boys. And Ooh. so my principal wow, gave me so a whole fun. classroom of boys and for a math class. And it was the hardest thing I've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they did not want to sit still. We had to do so many different things, but school isn't probably built as successfully for boys as it is for girls. Is that I agree true, with the you. way it's set up? You're so right. Yeah. It, you know, it's a lot of sitting still and maintaining focus, which boys struggle more with regulation. It's heavy on written and verbal expression, and those more often are going to be girl strengths. Yeah. And so I think you're 100% correct. There just are a lot of things about the way it's structured that don't bend to a boy's strengths. Yes, it was it was really fun to learn and study and to just look at how different the system is built for young men. It's I bet funny. you're a phenomenal teacher for boys. I was thinking fun. the I, same I thing. I loved it. If anybody uh, could have captured yes. the attention of a room full of boys, it for is math. you. Can you imagine? <laughs> we were just drowning every day. But it was very fun and they were sweet dudes. You know, we get a lot of questions from our AFD Week in Review emails that go out on Fridays. We tell them who's going to be on the show and they ask questions. We have never gotten as many as y'all got. Mm. And of these pages multiple of them are mad little boys. As I'm scrolling mm, over really? this, I'm like, oh my gosh, here's a parent of 14-year-old boys that is concerned. Here's a parent of a six-year-old boy that's concerned. And they're asking the same question. And there's a female version of this too. And she actually says anxiety. But their question is, how do we, one of them said, shelter, how do we not shelter too much? One of them said, how do we not scar them? But how do we let them grow independent? Mm -hmm. I think that's got to be when you're sitting with parents, the like balance of how do I not shelter them or do this wrong, but how do I let them grow up Yes, when they're anxious? How do we do that? So statistically, if as a parent, you have anxiety, your kids are seven times more likely to have it themselves. Okay. And some of that is because we even use more catastrophic language, like that sounds terrible, but also because we sit with a lot of parents who are doing exactly that, kind of holding their kids back because they're in fear. And I came across a question that I loved when I was doing the research for the worry books that was, what are two things you're doing for your kids right now that they can do for themselves? And what wow. are two things you're doing for them that they can almost do for themselves? Mm. And I wow. think even that, thinking about what are some places that I can let go of and let them step into that, even if it's playing outside for 30 minutes when you're normally sitting out on the stoop, you know, yes. keeping an eye on them. But yes. what can they do? And where can you really reinforce their courage? Because one of the things we talk about, too, is how sometimes parents spend more time with them when they're anxious than when they're doing something brave. And whatever we pay the most attention to is what's most reinforced. Wow. So you want to make sure you're connecting with them over times. They're kind of stretching themselves and being courageous as much as times they're scared. I had a high school girl who said to me, my mom is more nurturing to me during panic attacks than any other time. 
Wow. And that says a lot right there. Yes. You want to do something different. Two things that they can be doing that they're not mm -hmm. independent. Mm -hmm. Two things that they can almost do. Yes. Oh, that's brilliant. Hey friends, just interrupting this conversation real quick to share about another one of our incredible partners, KiwiCo. In my books, That Sounds Fun and What Sounds Fun to You, I write about just how important it is to stay engaged in play. It's good for our bodies, for our brains, and our relationships. And KiwiCo is an amazing partner that helps us keep play engaging, enriching, and most importantly, at least in my opinion, fun. They create super cool hands-on projects designed to create lifelong love of learning among kids and grown-ups alike. Some of my mini -B BFFs recently got a paint pouring kiwi crate as a gift from their grandma, and they were telling me how cool it was to watch the paint colors mix, create new color combinations, and how much they love the works of art that they could actually display when they were done. They were so proud of themselves. Your child or the mini BFF in your life can get super cool hands-on science, arts, and geography projects delivered to their door every month. You'll be surprised at how high quality the materials are too. I've been incredibly impressed with that. These are real engineering, science, and art projects for kids. I know it can be hard to find creative ways to keep your kids busy and challenged, but KiwiCo does the legwork for you so you can spend quality time tackling projects together. There's something for kids of all ages, from infants and preschoolers all the way to teens and any age people. There's no commitment, so you can pause or cancel anytime. Redefine learning with play. Explore hands-on projects that build creative confidence and problem-solving skills with KiwiCo. Get 50% off your first month, you guys, 5-0, plus free shipping on any crate line with the code that sounds fun at KiwiCo.com. That's 50% off your first month at KIWICO.com. Promo code that sounds fun. And friends, on every episode of That Sounds Fun, you hear me share about various sponsors who partner with us to support the show. We work hard to collaborate with awesome products and services that you will love. We don't want to waste your time listening to ads that aren't useful or helpful or impactful. So we're asking you for your help. Y'all were ridiculously helpful when we did our listener survey about the content and direction of the pod at the beginning of January. Well, we have created a five minute survey for you to fill out that will give us great information about making sure our ads serve you well. And this is fun. One lucky listener will win a $250 gift card from That Sounds Fun Network when they complete the survey. The same happened for one of our friends at the end of the survey for That Sounds Fun, the show. This one is for the whole network and it is going to help us so, so much. So simply visit thatsoundsfunnetwork.com right now to fill it out and enter to win. The winner will be announced Friday, February 11th over at the That Sounds Fun Network Instagram. So be sure you're following them at TSF Network. Again, just go to thatsoundsfunnetwork.com to enter to win and give us all your ideas about advertising. So you've got till the end of this week the end of this week to fill out that survey and enter to win. So we hope you will do that. It would help us a ton. And now back to our conversation with Sissy and David. A couple of people are asking, and I think this is a great question. I ask, I think about this with my friends and myself in therapy. They're saying, how do I find out what's going on in therapy without being prying? So if we're sending our kids to, even if they're talking to the school counselor, or if they're going to a professional counselor outside of the school setting, or if they're talking to their small group leader at church, how do we kind of get involved in what they're saying? 
It's a great question. And one we get asked a lot by parents. Yeah, and like, so what's just happened in there? Yes. <laughs> yes. And and I think, you know, there's certainly are parents who are wanting more information than maybe is needed or necessary. Sure. And I think a lot of well-intentioned parents who they just want to offer more support. They want a partner. Absolutely. I bet that's what it is most of the time. For and sure. I love that and, yeah. and welcome that. And and we talk a lot with parents on the front side of the journey about how, you know, we can't quote things to you that your kids have been saying. Sure. Obviously, if they're in a place of harm, we're, you know, uh, ethically responsibly going to be doing that. But to say in the everyday of walking with your kids, we can't do that. But there are certainly ways that we can sit down and I love your word, partner with you, collaborate and talk about how you can offer the most support in this mm-hmm. season mm-hmm. and lean in farther. And we even talk with kids about that on the front side because we meet with parents. Our rhythm is every third appointment, we're going to have a check-in moment with parents where we just oh, come wow. together and we talk yeah. with kids about that. In front that, of like, the kids? The kids no. sitting there too? No. We don't, okay. typically. Cool. And well, we'll, we review what we're going to tell the parents exactly. to the kids so yeah. they yeah. know this is exactly yes. the information yes. that's being relayed. And I think that rhythm really allows them to see that collaboration. And I say to a ton of kids, you know, like the reason I do that is because your mom and dad want to be the best mom and dad they can to you. Like yes. they, and I, you know, talk a lot with adolescents to say like, you didn't come with a manual. Like yeah. no, they, they right. maybe felt more, you know, attuned to how to parent you when you were little and it feels more foreign right now. And so right. I sit with a lot of parents who just want to ask questions about how to be a better mom, how to be a better dad. And I think you benefit from that. So yeah. there are ways we frame that with kids where they don't have to operate out of fear and wondering like, are they sharing stuff I've yeah. been sharing? So we're, Super clear on that on the front side, but I love and welcome when parents want to yeah. be a part of collaborating. Also, if you're wondering if kids are saying and counseling what you don't want them to say, totally they are. Like, <laughs> sorry. Like, of course they are. Just like yes. swallow that pill on day Ooh. one. They are going to say the stuff that you yeah. wish people didn't know. Okay. Mm. Counselors are safe. That mm-hmm. is going to exactly. be fine. Yes. It's going to be fine. And I don't think practical questions like, how'd it go? And then if they <laughs> say something and if great. And if they don't, then let it drop. And the only other thing I would add to what you said, and it comes to my mind because we had this mom that we both worked with for years. We have a lot of families we'll work in tandem, which is always fun. And this mom had been seeing you, bringing her son to see you for probably two years when she decided she wanted her daughter to come in. And she sat down on my couch and she said, so here's the deal. I've been seeing David Thomas for my son for a long time because my ex-husband does not know how to have conversations that have anything to do with emotions. And she said, I'm bringing my daughter to see you because I know she needs another voice, but I need to tell you that you threatened me. Wow. Mm -hmm. Which I'd never had a parent say that so directly. And then she went on and said, yes. And she said, because her daughter was 13 and she said, right at the age that my daughter is going to stop talking to me, I'm bringing her to you for her to talk to you and I'm paying you. Right, right, right. <laughs> yes, that's so true. <laughs> and I, I, I think sometimes there's that fear of not only are they talking negatively about me, but, are, you know, I have, I have a new stepmom that I had a Zoom with recently, and she said that she tried to get her stepdaughter to talk to her about something, and the, the girl said, I want to talk to Sissy first. Yeah. Which, of course. Yes. And, you know, what we say to parents all the time is, you want other voices like we've talked about, and we're temporary. Yes. And you're permanent as a parent. Yes. And so you want those people, even though it's going to trigger your stuff. You know, there's going to be some mom who's the coolest mom that your child has ever met in the whole world. Yeah. And that mom's going to be temporary too. Yes. So hang in there, keep yes. loving them, keep being patient with them, asking them questions, giving them grace, all those things. 
I will even challenge parents, like, think back in your own life when you were in middle school, when you were in high school, when you were in college. Like, who were the other adults, Mm -hmm. teachers, coaches, youth pastors, D group leaders who had your ear? Yeah. And to say, you remember what that felt like. Right. You know you want that in your kids' lives, even when it feels unfamiliar or threatening or like yes. they know a lot of what's going on. I don't know a lot of what's going on. We all needed it. Our kids need it too. And you never suddenly were like, my youth pastor is my father. You're like, no, <laughs> your dad's your dad. <laughs> He's still right. my youth pastor. And when I graduate high school, I do not go to those Wednesday nights anymore. Like, <laughs> yes. I'm out. Yes. Um, one of our friends is asking, it's interesting as we're having this parent conversation, she said... I feel guilty that I struggle with anxiety because I know it's affecting my kids. Mm. And so her question is like, what are practical steps for me as a grown up? I think this could be true for anyone, for a parent who has ever had suicidal ideation or for Mm. a parent who has eating disorders or for a parent who has an anger thing or anxiety. Like we are bringing our full selves into our families (laughs) as grownups. What are some tools for us as grownups? I think about this with my mini BFFs too. I'm bringing my stuff into those Mm. relationships. Mm. What are our tools to not feel guilty and not hold back ourselves because we don't want to spill out onto Mm. them? Mm. Well, I'm working on a book on that right now. Great news. Great news. Okay. The Worry-Free Parent that is for the parent about themselves when their anxiety is being triggered. That'll and be number 13, David, so <laughs> you better get to Always writing, my fine. guy. Always <laughs> And I mean, I think just what we're talking about with kids, for adults, it's so important, too, that you have another voice, that yeah. you can say, hey, let me tell you about my reaction, because it felt maybe bigger than the situation warranted. Do you think that could have been about me and not mm. about them? And then being willing to reach out for therapy right. yourself. Right. I was thinking that very thing. And we even talk in the introduction of our book, Are My Kids on Track, about how we can only take the kids we love as far as we've gone ourselves. Mm. And so I think it is an invitation back to even our earlier question about counseling to do our own work so that Mm. we can bring the most of who we are to the equation that hopefully is more the best than the worst, that we're operating more out of those strengths and struggles, knowing that we're all going to blow it. Like we, we just are. It's, it's, you know, the reality of being fallible people, but this Mm -hmm. reality that if I have more awareness, like if I'm operating out of that place, you know, I'm bringing all the strengths of knowing the things that trigger me a little bit more and having worked through a lot of my anger so that the kids we love get to sit front row and see the grownups they trust the most in this world mm. regulating themselves, mm-hmm. attending to their own anxiety. We talk all the time with parents in our office, like, talk openly with your kids about this feels so far, and I think probably potentially to a lot of parents listening, like, talk openly about going to counseling. I think it's so great when kids yes. hear it, it normalizes right. it. And we we laugh. We even had kids in our office who'll be like, Will you tell my mom and dad to go back to their marriage counselor? Like, <laughs> I think that's awesome. They feel that freedom and they know that person is in the mix. And and I think it gives them this sense of security. Like there's another grown up in my parents' Mm. life who helps them figure things out when they get stuck. And so I think it's a gift when we we even talk about parents posting their own list of coping skills, like hanging on your mirror so kids can see this is human work, not just kid work. This is grown up work as well. We're all working toward healthy coping and learning to regulate when we're really angry, learning to manage anxiety when it rears its head. So how do you know when your kid is quote done with counseling? Hopefully the counselor is going to give you cues to that. Okay. That's what we would do. We would typically taper off from once a week to every other week to once a month. 
And I, I mean, I, we do have families who will say they would come every week for the rest of their lives. Listen, if, they could. I, if I ever have children, you are going to see them whatever the day <laughs> is they can start. They're starting. They are starting. There is no hesitation to me. Well, and I had a conversation with a mom that I loved that she said this. She brought her daughter in. There was no crisis going on. Yeah. And she said, you know, when I was explaining to her why we were coming, I said to her, our job as parents is to grow your team. And so we've got wow, people for, here for your line. medical world that are your doctors are going to help you. We've got he- people here for your academic life, your teachers. Of course, we would have someone here for your emotional life. Brilliant. And so these people are going to be in and out of your life when we need them for the long haul yeah. through when you're 18. Wow. Isn't that beautiful? That's brilliant. Yes. Growing your team. Because yes. we definitely want Sunday school teachers. Yes. And yes. we want Spiritual youth life. pastors. Yes. Yes. And we want PE teachers. Right. And we want academic teachers. Yes. So, of course, that is a language I use a lot when I'm explaining why counseling matters to me. Because mm. I'm like, I put my money toward my Peloton and I put my money <laughs> at the church. I tithe at my church. Mm. So, of course, I'm going to put some of my budget toward my emotional and mental health, yes. too. Because y'all know me. Somebody's got to help me keep this between the lines. But I mean, <laughs> <laughs> my counselor has, I think, I bought her a boat and she deserves it at this point. Um, okay. I have a weird question that we can cut if y'all hate it. When I think about teaching school and we have a couple of people who have written in questions that are not parents, but they're really involved in kids' lives. They're mm-hmm. teachers, they're counselors themselves. Sometimes I wonder if emotional health is a privileged thing mm-hmm. that if you're hungry, if you're cold in the winter, are you able to think about your emotional health when your physical needs are not being met. Mm. Mm. So for our friends that are low income, Mm. that is their community. For our friends that are teaching in low income areas and racially divided areas that are not as able to Mm. use their finances towards this, am I wrong? Is Mm. this not a privileged thing? Am I right? And what can we do? Mm. Mm. It's a great question. And I don't think you're wrong. I don't. And I I think this, like many things, is more available to some people and less available to others. And, you know, I wish it were available to everyone equally. And when it's not, I think I am never more, I'm always grateful for teachers and school counselors. I don't think I'm never more grateful than I have been through this pandemic. And, you know, every parent who got to become both a parent, a full-time employee, and a virtual educator during the pandemic learned teachers are some of our most valuable resources. And I think teachers in this day and age are also operating as pediatric nurses, therapists. They're doing so so many things. And so I'm thankful for those resources that exist in every school where kids can get some support, some amazing support in that space. And then obviously when other support is available. Um, I believe in it. I think the pandemic has reminded us of a lot of things. I think the importance of mental health as much as anything. Yes. Like we have no option. That's we've it. learned, but to pay attention to that, to right. attend to that. Yes. And and I hope that's something we carry on the other side of the pandemic. And I would add to that podcasts. I mean, I think podcasts where folks have different experts on in the mental health world. Yes. I mean, anytime, because those are free. You can yes. listen. I mean, I've learned so much through podcasts. Me too. And Me I've too. learned so much through social media for people that I trust. Just the little graphics sometimes that yes. I see. And so I think outside of the bounds of being able to go and hire a counselor, you've got a lot of counselors who are bringing information to you at mm-hmm. no cost. And so- Yeah, y'all are both on social media and Daystar and Raising Boys and Girls. Yes. yes. David is not personally. He is 
I'm not that so savvy. Smart. I'm both no, behind in that so space smart. and the writing space. <laughs> yeah, I was but I say, do show up on Raising Boys and Girls. I see you all the time. Yes. I thought it was yours. No, yes. it's yes. not. Yes, on Raising okay. Boys and Girls. Yes. So, I mean, I think those are definitely, we're trying to put out as much helpful information course, as we can yes. on social media and obviously the podcast. And there are a lot of great places to find that. Yes. that can make a difference and get a journal. You know, any of us can journal. I mean, that helps our processing as much as anything. Yeah. And it sounds like, are my kids on track? It's a book that like, if I was a superintendent, every teacher would have that Mm. in their classroom. Just Mm. like, am I seeing this in the kids? Mm. Am I seeing this? Is there one of these that I, can I put a book in the hands of a kid from the library Mm. that will help with one of these markers? Yes. I just want to be thoughtful that some of our friends listening are in environments that this is not Mm. as easy to yes. access. Thank you. As some for others, of that. right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so as we look into 2022, mm-hmm. what do you want kids to get this year from the grownups in their lives? Like what do we need to instill in kids this year that's new or as you said, your book, Modern Parents, Vintage Values. Mm-hmm. Like when you think about 2022, what do we need to instill in kids this year that's new but old? <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, I feel like right now, more than anything, kids need a lot of grace. Okay. I just, this has been so hard on us. And we have talked a lot about the shifting we've seen in parents over the last year and a half in our really? offices. And and I think in, initially we were seeing so much motivation in parents, obviously, to help and what can we do. And then we saw this weariness kind of bleed in yeah. and discouragement and exhaustion. I feel and, it in me. Yes. Yeah. And we were both talking about how we had never felt like as many parents felt like they were failures, just sitting in our offices in tears. Really? And then at some point, late spring was when I started to pick up on more anger. Of 21. Of 21. Okay. Yes. And I think that sense of we're just done. Anger in parents. Anger in parents. Oh, in parents. Yes. Yes. And yeah. and I think going back to expecting more from them, I think we gave them a lot of grace initially. And, you know, it's been like we were saying, it's been so hard on us and our brains are developed yes. and theirs aren't. And so <laughs> right. to give kids a lot of room and even to ask questions like, tell me what this last two years has been like for you. Yeah. What do you think you've lost? And what do you think you've gained? And we're, you know, always we would say we want to give, especially adolescence room to have teenage moments. But, but right now, particularly, it's just, they're missing so much and so many of the like milestones that they need to pass. And so they're behind, they're behind socially, they're behind emotionally. And so we have to adjust our expectations in light of that. And so I feel like grace certainly What would you add? I love that. I think if I were going to add something, it would be opportunity. And it maybe connects back to what we were talking about a few minutes ago of for all the hard things we've experienced with the pandemic. One one of the gifts that I think has come is that there's never been a time in history when we've been more focused on mental health. And I'm grateful. And I wish it hadn't taken this for that to happen, but I'm grateful we're in that moment. And, you know, part of writing this newest book on on boys for me was it was interesting doing the research there is all kinds of data interesting data i found when i was researching the book about the percentage of women who just go every year for your well visit with your doctor versus men and you know all the different ways that i think you as females attend to your health your physical health your emotional health your spiritual health and where men don't and and part of that being that men 
leads some of the scariest statistics out there for substance abuse, you know, sex addiction, suicide. The current stat I, I found when researching that is that one man dies globally by suicide every minute. <gasps> Every minute. I was so jolted oh, by finding that and that reality that, you know, That's men cool. don't attend to their health in yeah. ways we don't reach out for help when we're struggling. Like all the things underneath that that were part of why I felt so passionate about writing this book. And I think I'm grateful for the attention on mental health that came from the pandemic in ways that yeah. we're talking more about that for yeah. not just boys, but for kids in general. Like how can we be figuring out more of what we feel and what to do with it? And yes. so- I feel so passionate about that and, and praying we carry that forward in this next year. What should men be doing right now? Dads are not dads. Like what, I, we don't like to should people around here very much, but, <laughs> but I know that I have friends listening that are dudes that are raising kids. There are dudes that are not, that are not married yet, but want to be and kind of can't figure it out for some reason for themselves. And what is it that men need right now? Yeah. I would say let's laugh together. This, if, if, any man listening would just throw out the word fine from your mm. vocabulary. We laugh about how fine is an acronym for feelings in need of expression. <laughs> let's just throw it. When someone asks, how you doing? I'm fine. Yeah. How are things work? Good. Even not asking the question, I talk about this in the new book, of don't ask boys the question of like, what do you do? Like, what sport do you play? The way we ask men, like, what do you do? And we, yeah. so much of our identity, I think, as males is, is tied to our work, not yes. who we are as people. And so I think brings us back to this sense of let's talk about who we are. Let's talk about where we are and be honest yeah. in that and name what we feel, figure out what to do with that and attend to our health. Yes. Develop some rhythms and habits and practices around attending to our health that I think just bleeds out all over the place in our relationships at home, at work, all the people we intersect with. Yeah. So thanks for letting me preach for a minute. Oh, listen. <laughs> I no, that's not preaching. That's just telling us what we don't know. That matters a ton to me. Hey, friends, just interrupting this conversation one more time to tell you about one of our amazing partners, Brooklinen. Are you starting to feel that winter slump? Like, is the chill starting to get to you? Y'all know how I feel about it. Listen, let's hit refresh on your space with Brooklinen's curated home goods made for cozying up every corner. Gift yourself the relaxation you need with Brooklinen's lineup of cozy bedding and beautiful home essentials made for me time. Brooklinen was founded to create beautiful luxury home essentials at prices that don't break the bank. They work directly with manufacturers to give you great products at a fair price. No middlemen, no markups. And they have so much more than the internet's favorite sheets and your girl AFD's favorite sheets too. They've got plush pillows, absorbent towels, cozy fleece loungewear, and more. Sleep on those sheets, but don't sleep on the robes. Listen, we made sure the whole team here at Downs Books and the That Sounds Fun Network got a Brooklinen robe for Christmas. That is what I gifted everyone. They're amazing. Shopping doesn't get any easier than Brooklinen bundles. Save more when you stock up on essentials for your space. There's a reason Brooklinen has over 100,000 five-star reviews and counting. So go to brooklinen.com and use the promo code that sounds fun to get $20 off. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com and enter the promo code that sounds fun for $20 off your purchase of $100. Refresh your rest with the Comfort Essentials Brooklinen. And now back to finish up our conversation with David and Sissy. Sissy, what, and David, you can answer this too, what do counselors need right now? 
That is such a hard question. We're never asked that kind of question. That is a really Great kind. Question. Yes, yes. Um, you know, I I think it's probably part of because of the Raising Boys and Girls podcast, but I have never gotten as many encouraging notes as I did this Christmas. Cards really? from people everywhere. Yes, yeah. it just surprised me. We both did. And and we got some presents along the way too, which was yeah. really neat. And I think just People, whatever it looks like, who are saying, we're grateful for what you do. And we know you're carrying a lot. You know, I think just that simple means so much to us. What would you I love that. I I think I'm reminded of all the articles that have come out lately about how many doctors and nurses have left the field, how many pastors have left churches, how many people in the helping profession have bowed out because... You know, the work has never been harder. Yeah. The work's always Nobody been hard. Nobody signed up for this. Exactly. No. Up for this. And, you know, I was at the doctor just this morning, and I wanted the first words out of my mouth to be to every nurse who walked in the room every day, like, thanks for coming to work today. Right. Thanks for doing what's always been a hard job in the hardest of times. Yes. And so I think it speaks to what you said, too, like just that sense of gratitude. I'd say on another note, I think not bowing out of the work, but stepping out of the work temporarily we had this fun conversation, the three of us, before we got started about TV shows. Yeah. And it's like, we've got to be doing things to take care of ourselves, yes, too. Yes. Like, we need to be having fun. Yes. And you are reminding us of the importance of that and and even scheduling that in when we're not getting around to it in ways that we're refueling ourselves so that, back to that statement we were talking about with kids, so that we can offer more of who we are mm, to yeah. the people we love because we give out of an overflow. and. Yeah. If I'm empty, empty's what I have to give. Yeah. I just wonder if counseling is one of the professions. Well, the way our world works now, you can work from home or the office anytime. So we actually can work 24 hours a day, seven days a week if Mm. we so choose. But I would imagine that counseling, it's hard to stop because you could get a text at 8 p.m. You're on call. Mm. Doctors are on call twice a week or once a week. Y'all are on call all the time, Mm. right? We are very fortunate at Daystar that we're not. Our board okay. of directors has said, don't give out your cell phone number. Don't give out your email address. And there are some HIPAA violations included in that anyway. And so we have kind of a built-in boundary there. And uh, I th- I mean, I would encourage so any therapists who are listening to figure out how you can do that. Yeah. Because I, I'm like you. I worry about yes. therapists who give out their cell phone number and then they are yes. 24 hours a day, seven days a week yes. available for someone, not just who, you know, has a sore throat, but someone who's suicidal. Yes. So yes, I think boundaries are so important in that yes. space. I agree. I have two phones. Mm. And one of my phones is like a tiny computer. It has all the social media, all the things, all the people who talk to me about work are on that phone. And (sighs) it turns off at the end of my work day. Mm. It's been two years Mm. and it has been the most life-giving separation. Mm. It is, I mean, it's, it's not even really a phone to me. My phone, all all my people talk to me on it. I always have, but, but having like a social media, little computer, it's a little Mm. computer and it was this one wild boundary that I saw someone else draw to be able to separate work and life that I thought, that is incredible. That's, That's incredible. Because we have a mutual friend who used to be a counselor and isn't practicing mm. right now. And recently when I said, do you miss it or anything? She said, I don't miss the middle of the night phone calls. Mm. And I thought, wow. Yeah. 
What? Right. Right. <laughs> Why? Right. Why? How? Yes. How? Yes. And, and if we want to do the thing we're called to long term, mm. we have to have really high boundaries for health today. Yes. Mm. Right. John Agreed. Mark Comer, who I know y'all love too. John Agreed. Mark Comer says you don't become who you want to be at 80 when you're 80. Mm. You're becoming who you want to be at 80 That's right great. now. Yes. And so I just think, man, we've got to have those boundaries. I'm glad y'all have those boundaries. Well, and as we're saying that, that just makes me think kind of PSA here for yes. parents. So we sometimes, uh, maybe I shouldn't even say this out loud, but there are times that parents will call us in a total crisis. Yeah. And we purposefully don't call them back for hours. Yeah. Because we want the parent to feel like they're capable. Yes. And so if you have a tendency to want to text your counselor at midnight, unless it's, I mean, take them to the hospital if you feel like they're suicidal. But for other things, God has equipped you as a parent. Mm. You can do it. Mm -hmm. You can handle it. And then if you can't, if you really get to the place that you can't after a few hours and you've had some space to think, then maybe reach out to your counselor. But we sure believe you're capable. Yes. I have had to work through that with my counselor of like, when can I text you and when can I not? Yes. And what if I think I can and you said I can't? <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean <laughs> if we reach that? It um, means we believe in you. Right. That's it, right? That means that y'all are saying to your clients and their families, we've given you tools. Use the yes, tools first. You are capable. Use the tools first. Yes. And God has given you a million more tools than yeah. we could ever imagine. Yeah. And when I did my week at Onsite, the mm. counseling center here, when I left, I thought, I have language and tools. Mm. I don't have a hero that I need to call every time, but I have language and tools I didn't have before. Yes. That helps so much. Okay, what do we not say about life today that we need to say? You know, the other thing I was thinking of just then. Oh, good. I think we not only have tools and language, we have relationships. Mm. We have this yeah. quote that we love that Larry Crabb, a psychologist whose yes. work we admire and respect so much, who says if the body of Christ was being who the body of Christ was designed to be, we wouldn't need counselors. Wow. And I love the wisdom of those words. And I think, you know, sometimes there even we need to create more space and opportunity for the people around us to be the body of Christ in a way to care for us in ways that they can and need to, and we need for them too. Yes. Don't you imagine the Lord just like celebrated when Larry Crabb got there? Oh, I mean, yes, just like, come yes. on, get yes. up here. <laughs> yes. I think when I get to heaven, the Lord's going to be like, I need another Sabbath. She, I'm, <laughs> she, we, I'm done dealing with her. She finally got here. We're done. But with Larry Crabby, he was like, hurry. Yes. Just what it, what it, mm. I bet he was so celebrated mm. when what he got deep there. deep soul. Yeah. I know. yeah. What a gift. He just mm. helped so many find language and tools and relationships. Mm. Sure did. Yeah. I'm yeah. thankful for his work too, as I feel about y'all. I am mm. so thankful for your work. There just won't be a way this side of heaven for y'all to see what you've done. It's just not possible, but it'll be fun to see when we get to the long part of the story. It'll be fun to see for y'all to be like, Oh man, I see it in teenagers that I know that I think, man, y'all are thriving because when your family fell apart, when you were eight, you sat with Sissy and David. Right. I mean, I just, you probably know the family I'm thinking of. I just think, man, those teenagers are incredible because of y'all and because of God. And because right. the parents were able to make a way for this to be a resource. And they have an amazing mini BFF. Well, mm. yeah. They got, yeah, I'm, I'm not going anywhere. No. I'm not going anywhere. I'm living in their lives. But, man, it's, I'm just so thankful. Okay, the last question we always ask. 
Easy turn from me being teary about how thankful I am for y'all in this town and in, in our ears. I just want my friends listening to know that I don't know better resources for parenting than y'all. And so I'm thankful for the things that you can get in Nashville, but globally, we can get your books and your podcast. And yeah, thank you. I'm very thankful. Okay. So because the show is called That Sounds Fun, you each got to tell me what sounds fun to you. You go first. We were laughing about both being one, so it's a little harder to access. I know, you two Enneagram ones. But so important. Uh, it is. We were talking about Sabbath the other day, and someone asked me a question on Instagram. I was like, you got to be a one. She's like, what <laughs> if can, I was sick on a Tuesday, oh, Wednesday? I'm like, sister. Yes, you can tell. We can tell when they walk through our doors at <laughs> yeah, daystart. It's just, sure, I'm sure. We're so, you would really be able to tell if you saw us moving through the airport on a weekend. Oh, we're speaking wow. somewhere. Yeah. No question. Oh, yeah, no. y'all speak around the country, too, so people can find all that on RaisingBoysAndGirls.com as yes, well. they can. That's great. Okay. And yes. how to bring you in to their environment. Okay, That's great. Okay. Good, good, good. Okay, but what sounds fun to you? That's what we're here for. I thought of mine. You want me okay. to go? Oh, yes, go yes, do Okay. First. I thought of it when you said that just a minute ago and uh, when we were talking about all of us being ones. And it's long been said that ones are their best selves when they're on vacation. Yes. And I couldn't agree more. Mm. And I have uh, my oldest daughter is a uh, junior in college and she's about to study abroad in Spain and she's leaving <gasps> in a couple of days, yes. which could make me cry right now sure. thinking about it. Mm. So I got this rare, small opportunity to take her to the beach, just the two of us to yeah. get some time with her before I'm not going to see her for several months. And and I purposely took her away because I thought, I'm a different dad. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a different person. I'm a different dad. And what sounds fun to me always is just sitting on the beach, eating some great Mexican food, yes. um, reading a book, being in the company of people I loved, yeah. like it, and I just got this huge dose of it over the last forty-eight hours. It was oh, that's so awesome. rich. What and beach awesome. did y'all go to? We went to Miami, actually. Okay. Yes, we we were a little nervous <laughs> to go to thirty-eight. We were a little nervous to go to thirty-eight because you know it could be like yes. forty degrees this this time of year, and we and wanted 40, like hot, people hot. who know who you are. Yes. So, so we were just like tucked away oh. in some hot, hot weather. It was that's it was awesome. it was a gift. So. And what a gift you're giving her the study abroad. Mm. Only in college do you get an experience like that. You never again get to just see the world through those eyes. So Agreed. thank you for giving that to her. I'm so excited that for That is her. really cool. Spain. Oh, are y'all going to go visit? We don't think we're going to get to. So okay. it's going to be like this long stretch of not seeing her, which yeah. is why I was so excited to get this rich quality time yeah. with her. That's awesome. It was awesome. You're still tan too. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. well done. <laughs> So you know this about me, but yes. I have kind of a funny family story. And I was an only child till I was 16 when my parents had a little girl. And evidently my first response to my mom was, I didn't know y'all did that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and so we, you know, as a 16-year-old growing up, I was always finding ways to connect with her. And one of our historically favorite things ever to do together has been to play Super Mario Brothers. Uh-uh. Yes. And so I have owned every Nintendo system that yeah. has come out. Still do. I did not know this. Have a Switch. Easy. Not many people <laughs> think I've ever said this publicly. And so now Kathleen is married and has a three-year-old and we still at times, now it's like two or three times a year, but I love to play some Mario. I mean, that little boy seems like the light of your life. Oh gosh. Yes. He's a blast. But let me tell you my Mario secret is, I mean, we were yeah. playing in the snow this past week. 
And Kathleen and Aaron and I all equally love it, yeah. which is really fun because we can all play. And Henry now, you know, is interested in it, yeah. but we give him a controller that doesn't that work. It's not plugged in. <laughs> yeah, there's no batteries. So right. all the grown-ups in the room are right. playing Mario, and he thinks he, he is. With yes. you. Rocking yes. the game. Yes, oh. but he is the light of my life. And I, there's another one coming. <gasps> yes. Yes. So yes. I'll have a I double just had light. my first nephew. I didn't have him. My sister had my first nephew a year and a half ago. Yes. I was like, oh, oh, now I get it. Can yes. we FaceTime right now? Can we? Like, He doesn't <laughs> say words, time. but yes. he loves that my, I just got lights that turn on with Alexa Ooh. and so he'll just point up when we're FaceTiming Aww. and it is I just, we just turn my lights on and off it's gonna get better and best. better and I can't better. wait till he and talks yes um, we went to Lion awesome. King last night and it was so fun was it great oh it was amazing yes are they still here I didn't realize I they were they still are here. Little, yeah. yeah I, I had a snow ticket my season ticket was a snow night uh, and then they rescheduled for like Two o'clock on a Wednesday. I was like, what's it like right. to go to a show at two o'clock on a Wednesday? Tell me more. Yes. Everyone who doesn't have jobs. Yeah. I would love to know who got to go to that. Yes. <laughs> what's not me? Yeah. Oh, y'all. Okay. Well, I'm just thankful for you. Please come back. Mm. I mean, anytime. anytime. Just, love to be I with would you. love it. I'm so thankful for your work and I'm glad for people to get to meet y'all today. Well, they know you, Sissy. You were back. You've already been on this with us, but what a gift y'all are. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Oh, friends, don't you love them? Oh, my gosh. Okay, so be sure to go now and subscribe to the Raising Boys and Girls podcast because I am on it tomorrow. We have a totally different conversation. It's really interesting how these two go together, but I think you're really going to enjoy it. So Sissy and David are with me today. I'm with them tomorrow. Hey, also visit their websites. Pick up their books as they pertain to the season you are in. Follow David and Sissy on social media. Follow Raising Boys and Girls and tell them thanks for being on the show. Go ahead and make sure you've got your copy of 100 Days to Brave for Kids that comes out tomorrow and 100 Days to Brave for that matter if you don't have it. So you and the kids in your life are ready to get started on that special 100-day journey that starts on February 17th. If you need anything else from me, y'all know I'm embarrassingly easy to find. Annie F. Downs on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the places you may need me, that's how you can find me. And I think that's it for me today, friends. Go out or stay home and do something that sounds fun to you. I will do the same. Today, what sounds fun to me is I have an orthodontist appointment because we're almost done with Invisalign. It sounds fun to me to go see my orthodontist. So you guys have a great week. We'll see you back here on Thursday with my firecracker of a friend, Mallory Irvin. Y'all are ready for this conversation. It's so good. We'll see you guys then.